Achy joints are a rain on anyone's parade, and for many, it can be completely avoided or managed. One in four adults have been diagnosed with arthritis from 2016 to 2018, and the more a negative lifestyle one would lead, such as smoking, poor diet, inactivity, the greater the incidence of arthritis. And while age tends to lead to more arthritis, young people are not immune. What is arthritis? Why do certain factors contribute to arthritis? What are the different types of arthritis, and should one approach them differently? And is arthritis an inevitability with age? We look to science for the answers to these questions. Hi, my name is Andrew Pafford, and I'm a health and wellness coach with over a decade of experience helping Olympic-level athletes, desk jockeys, and seniors achieving their goals and improving their quality of life. Our goal with Primity is to find simple, at-home techniques and strategies rooted in science to help you with your health-related goals. Our information is meant to be descriptive, not prescriptive. We will always recommend that you talk to your appropriate health and wellness professional before making any serious changes to your routines. The root word of arthritis is arthro, meaning joint, and the suffix itis simply means inflammation. So at face value, arthritis just simply means joint inflammation. This is why when someone says, I have arthritis, it involves a lot of narrowing down because there are many types of ways joints can become irritated. If you'll recall our episode on injury, inflammation is not evil at all. It's actually a crucial, necessary step in healing, and without it, our tissues would stay permanently damaged. The real question behind dealing with arthritis is asking why or how your joints are inflamed. Arthritis is merely a symptom, not a cause. And if the cause is never treated, the symptoms will never abate. So then we must ask, what are the causes of arthritis? In no particular order of importance, we'll start with overuse injuries. While our joints are designed to be used and used well, even our wonderful meat machines have their limits. If you engage in, say, an ultramarathon a day, there's a distinct possibility you'll get some arthritis in your knees. That's a lot of bumping and grinding going on, and if you aren't giving your body enough time to repair those tissues, then the damage will accrue faster than the tissues can recover, and the arthritis will scale with the damage being done. A crude but no less accurate description of how overuse injuries can lead to arthritis. The sneaky one to piggyback on this is poor joint mechanics and even high resting muscle tension. If my knees get extremely sore after doing only, say, 10 air squats, then one of two things is the culprit, either my technique or my insanely tense muscles. The technique should be obvious in logic. If I'm grinding my joint in a way that it is not designed, then it's going to break sooner. Technique could be caused by a number of different factors, but the outcome is the same. Bad joint mechanics means irritated joints and inevitably arthritis. Now, high resting tension is not painfully obvious, no pun intended. I've worked on a number of clients who say, I have bad knees, and have pain squatting on rep number one. They don't at any point in time mention that their quads hurt. We spend 20 minutes doing some soft tissue work, say on the quads, and suddenly their squats are pain-free as if I just lube them up with WD-40. Even with immaculate technique, 
if my muscles are so tight, they will create undue compression at the joint. This means with normal day-to-day -day activity, my joints are being subjected to about three to five times the amount of wear and tear than the activity ought to entail. Of course, this means injury begins to set in and here comes inflammation. This is why in almost any client of mine who presents with arthritis or achy joints, you can believe muscle tension is the first thing that we look to address. It may not be the primary culprit, but it can be a confounding factor that can also perpetuate a negative feedback loop. It's too easy to not try and is more often than not insanely successful. Of course, this means one can also sustain an acute injury leveled at the joint. If you fall on your hand or bruise your wrist or tweak your knee, then you can indeed get arthritis in the joint. While the mechanism of injury may have been transient, it's not uncommon for people to carry, quote, an old injury their whole life. For example, my mother had foot surgery done on her toe, and the running gag in our house was whenever it was going to rain, her weather foot would act up with the change in the barometric pressure and begin to ache before the rain even started. While the injury may have come and gone, lingering changes in the joint can lead to lingering arthritis, which can be so sensitive that even atmospheric changes can trigger it. In these situations, there may not be a muscle to massage or technique to fix, as the structure of the bone may be forever changed. In this instance, giving the body what it wants and removing bad actors is the best way to try and manage symptoms. If not angry red or painfully swollen, heat can bring nutrition to the area via vasodilation and increased blood flow and help speed up healing like we mentioned in our injury episodes. Gentle massage around the area will also increase blood flow. Foods high in omega-3 fatty acids or even taking omega-3 supplements have been shown to have strong anti-inflammatory properties and can reduce symptoms for a chronic inflammation problem. And of course, anything that can exacerbate inflammation, like sugar or alcohol, will of course pull you in the wrong direction. Now we, need, we start to get into a bit more murky waters, but unfortunately also a bit more prevalent and commonplace. The, we start with disuse injuries. If you've dabbled in any health and wellness sphere, then you've probably heard the phrase, sitting is the new smoking. Well, one reason for that is, again, if you've listened to my episode on injury, you'll know that our bodies are not just designed for, but rely on movement. Only the first half of our circulation system is pressurized, the arteries. The back half, your veins, have such weak pressure it is difficult for the blood flow in your veins to overcome gravity on their own. The solution? Your muscles are the mechanical pump that push the blood through. Your lymphatic system has no pressure. The solution? Your muscles are the mechanical pump that push the fluid through. Without engaging in motion and contracting your muscles, the operating capacity of some of these systems is halved and others are brought to zero. And when this happens, bad things happen. In the case of your joints, your joints have an interesting system for receiving nutrients. 
it wouldn't do to have, say, a water pipe running through a door hinge on your house. It would last all of five seconds before someone would close the door and pinch off the pipe. As such, it wouldn't do to have a blood vessel running through the middle of your joint as it would get crushed immediately. So, our bodies have developed an interesting system that's more akin to a, a CV boot on a car axle. Well, if you aren't a car mechanic, in that case, try to imagine, say, if you take your right hand and grab your left fist. Your left hand is able to twist inside of your right hand, but it rubs. So to reduce friction, let's squirt some, imagine we squirt some petroleum jelly in there. This makes it much slicker and easier to twist with much less friction, but after enough twists, that jelly is going to slip off and make a mess on the floor. So, we have someone wrap your hands in a giant rubber balloon and pump it full of jelly. The jelly can't escape, and you can twist away with little to no friction to wear out your hand. This is basically how many of our joints are designed. They are wrapped in a balloon called a joint capsule, and full of jelly to reduce friction called synovial fluid. Now, unlike a car CV boot, however, our joints are alive. This means they need things like oxygen and nutrients to stay alive. So, in our jelly balloon example, let's say your hands are getting hot from all of the grinding. That rubber does a good job trapping the heat, so we need a way to cool your hands down. If you place an ice pack on top of the balloon, the jelly on the surface of the balloon cools, but the jelly is so thick, it's hard for that cool temperature to penetrate deep enough to get to your hands. But as you twist your hand, the jelly mixes. So now that cool jelly on the surface is getting worked around and brings the overall temperature of the jelly inside the balloon down and cools your hands. Well, instead of an ice pack, you have capillaries on the surface of your joint capsule. And instead of exchanging heat, you're exchanging nutrients from your blood. Your capsules are covered in capillaries so that they are far away enough from the action so as not to get pinched off but are still able to exchange nutrients into the synovium through the joint capsule and absorb the metabolic waste generated from the tissues inside just from being alive and doing their business. And you can imagine that the more you move that joint, the more the synovial fluid is circulated, so the more nutrients are delivered and the more waste is removed from inside the joint. The inverse, of course, is also true. If you were to engage in a sedentary lifestyle, those tissues would slowly begin to starve, deteriorate, and effectively sit in their own metaphoric metabolic poop. And when tissues are injured, or in this case, falling apart from deterioration, they release inflammatory markers to notify the body of injury and the need for healing. But healing requires nutrients, and if those never arrive, then those tissues continue to release inflammatory markers and are never repaired. We are now in a state of chronic inflammation. This is one reason why it seems so many seniors develop arthritis. Through sheer lack of adequate activity, do the joints deteriorate simply because they are not receiving enough nourishment. Once the joints deteriorate, however, they can be painful to use and thus difficult to simply up your physical activity to remedy the deterioration. There is one little trick that may not be so straightforward to employ, however, its effectiveness has been documented numerous times, and that is with something called joint distraction. 
Our joints are almost constantly under compression through one cause or another. We could be using them to stand on so our weight mushes the joints together, or our muscles could be contracting, causing them to pull together as they articulate, like we mentioned earlier. And sneakily, over time, the capsule that surrounds the joint can actually lose its elasticity and shorten, effectively keeping the joint under compression even when not in use. This creates an interesting catch-22 scenario. My joints are deteriorating from lack of nourishment. However, using the joint causes pain and possibly damage from the excessive compression, which in turn leads to more inflammation and more pain and likely more lack of activity. So how does one break that negative feedback loop? Enter joint distractions. A distraction in anatomical terms is essentially the opposite of compression. If compression is jamming the joint together, distraction is using forces to pull them apart. My client has arthritis in their shoulder. I could employ a form of distraction that relieves the compression at the shoulder joint. So when the movement occurs, there is less grinding and therefore less pain. The motion now creates an opportunity for the synovial fluid to circulate, reduce the likelihood of more damage being done, and healing of the tissue can finally resume without causing more damage and grinding during that motion. And with increased use, the joint capsule will over time regain its elasticity. This is one reason why pool exercise is often touted in the elderly, as the semi-weightless environment reduces compression on the joints and allows for motion with less compression. Oftentimes, traction, a type of technique that results in distraction of the joint, can be done with an exercise band and a little creativity at home. This is certainly a tool physios employ as a form of treatment. However, with enough at-home research, it is not outside the realm of feasibility or possibility for someone with some basic tools to employ on themselves. Traction, for the most part, is employed for those who have a progressed case of arthritis, which typically takes time and is therefore seen in older populations. However, it's also possible to see this spring up in athletes as well. Athletes who engage in overtraining or high volume work, lots of strength training with no mobility work, or sports where it is favored to actually be stiff and have somewhat immobile joints. Think of like a defensive lineman in football. You don't want to be flexible and bend over. You want to be stiff and stay put. These can all be great catalysts to having joints deteriorate quicker than one would expect. All of these scenarios are your more classic cases of over or underuse arthritis. Now, another arguably more serious type of joint inflammation is rheumatoid arthritis, or RA. RA is an autoimmune condition, meaning that the body makes a big mistake and starts attacking itself with its own immune cells. In this instance, the immune cells try fighting the joint tissue, leading to damage and painful swelling. While most are intent with dealing with symptom management, the more intriguing question would be, why is the body attacking itself? There, unfortunately, is really no concrete evidence for the exact cause of RA. As seems to be the case with most things science cannot explain, it gets lumped into genetics. If family members have developed RA, there appears to be a 40 to 50% chance of developing 
seropositive RA, or having RA factors identifiable in the blood. Genes, however, are not the end-all be-all. There are plenty of people who have genes for various diseases, counting RA among them, who don't go on to develop those diseases, and people who don't have any genetic history go on to, to develop these genetic diseases anyways. So can genetics play a role? Sure. I'm not going to get blonde hair or blue eyes if it's not in my genes. However, we've seen when it comes to diseases that are, quote, genetic, that there is plenty of wiggle room of whether you're going to get it or not. So then what are the other factors? Surprise, diet and lifestyle. There are a number of articles citing how diet and lifestyle play additional roles in RA. Give the synopsis. Any factor that can stress the immune system from poor diet, allergies, fungal infections, poor gut microbiome, smoking, and a who's who of if your body doesn't like it, it could cause RA. Certainly not to try to shine a light on a specific cause of avoid this and you'll never get it. However, we might be able to glean a little bit more information from what is shown to decrease the likelihood of developing RA. So diets higher in fruits and vegetables decreased the risk for RA. Conversely, daily consumption of sugar-sweetened beverages led to a 63% increase in risk. Consumption of polyunsaturated fatty acids, particularly your omega-3s, decreased the risk for RA. So in a nutshell, anything that causes systemic inflammation is also a driver for RA. This gives credence to belief that your autoimmune issues are brought about by an overactive immune system. Your body is constantly trying to do battle harder and faster than it's designed to, and it invariably makes a mistake. So, for example, imagine you are working on an assembly line and you are quality control. Your job is to remove funky-looking corn that has been brought in off the farm. When there isn't a whole lot of funky stuff floating by, it's easier to spot on the line. When there's a lot of it, though, you have to frantically grab as much as you can as it rolls by. And since you don't have the luxury of stopping to inspect what you've picked up, you will most likely accidentally grab some good pieces, too. And this is the point at which we have a problem. In a healthy immune system, your body is able to recognize foreign bodies by the lack or presence of foreign surface markers that designate them as your cells. In instances of poor lifestyle choices or bad environment, smoking, sugary foods, etc., lots of bad stuff suddenly makes it into your body and bloodstream. If this becomes the norm, your immune system, the assembly workers, become overworked and start making mistakes. At some point, the equivalent of grabbing that good piece of corn off the line happens, and a good cell gets flagged as being bad. And now you have developed an autoimmune problem because immune system learns that once something has been identified as bad, it actually has memory cells. So then it tells all of the other immune cells, anytime you see this cell, you need to try to attack it and remove it. So if something similar to your joint tissue has been identified, now your joints are fair game. This theory is supported in that everything that is known to drive systemic inflammation, smoking, bad diet, etc., is 
positively correlated with RA. So the more you do the bad things, the more likely you'll develop RA. And everything that is known to suppress inflammation, omega-3s, reasonable exercise, good sleep, low stress, etc., has been shown to decrease the risk of RA. If the immune system is not working overtime because you're doing all of the good things, then it has the time to not just do its job, but do it correctly and accurately. The long and short of it, a proper diet and healthy lifestyle can reduce your risk of RA. And if you've already been dealt some bad news and diagnosed with it, it can improve symptoms of RA. All right. So today we threw out lots of facts about joints and inflammation. While joints can be injured in a myriad of ways, ultimately they only need a few things to heal. Getting them those things may take different forms, but it's ultimately movement nutrition. With that, let's review some of the takeaways we want to drive home today. Joints can be injured through overuse injuries, whether it's sheer volume, bad technique, or undue compression from tight muscles or joint capsules. Soft tissue work is a simple, effective, fast-acting way to quickly remove muscle tension to bring some relief to joints or potentially even fix the problem. Bad technique can wear joints out faster, and no amount of mobility work or medication will undo bad form. Cute injuries can leave lingering arthritis. Symptoms can be managed with soft tissue work, heat, omega-3s, and avoiding inflammatory causing agents like sugar and alcohol. Disuse injuries can lead to arthritis also. Joints deteriorate with lack of motion because of how joints receive nutrition. Once in this state, activity can be difficult because of inflamed joints and possibly tightened joint capsules. Non-load-bearing activity like swimming and specific interventions like joint distractions traction can break the negative feedback loop to help correct joint damage. Rheumatoid arthritis is an autoimmune issue where genetics play a role, but lifestyle and environmental factors have shown to play a significant role as well. Inflammatory factors like sugar, alcohol, smoking, and others increase the risk for developing RA, and partaking in anti-inflammatory behaviors like getting adequate sleep, stress management, eating non-ultra-processed foods, consuming adequate omega-3s, and getting frequent exercise have been shown to reduce the risk of RA and even mitigate symptoms if already diagnosed. Joint inflammation is a debilitating condition. However, there are ample tools at the layperson's disposal to prevent, manage, and possibly even treat arthritic conditions. As always, you should consult your doctor if you are experiencing what you think could be the, the symptoms of arthritis. And talk with your doctor if seeing a physio or certified trainer would be beneficial. There's ample data that shows lifestyle interventions can be just as effective, if not more so, than medication. So be sure to contemplate those in your treatment plan. That's it for today's episode of Primity. If you found this information helpful, please subscribe to our podcast so you can be notified when new episodes arrive. You can also find us on YouTube Podcasts. If you think you would benefit from receiving health and wellness coaching, you can contact us at info at We're always curious to see what you're curious about, so send us your questions, comments, and feedback also to info at And as always, strength comes in many forms, from within and without. 
So be strong to be useful. Take care, everyone, and stay strong.